Yeah, he just really lives the grace of God, the love of God, and out of the goodness of God. So um, it's my pleasure to present Brent Locker. Yeah. Thanks. I really love this church. I do. I was, I was sitting here thinking it's, it's like, you know, every week we're throwing a party and of course it's God's party, but it's at our house, you know, and you all choose to come and, and have such a good time with us. And, uh, it just makes me so happy. Um, you know, I love that we have, a a, a a prayer ministry leader, um, you know, Anna, who's just like so filled up, she can not get the announcements done because she's laughing too hard. I, I love those kinds of things. I just love that. So, um, Suzanne sends her love. She's actually in, uh, Phoenix this weekend. She's at a nephew's wedding who actually got married earlier in the day. And, um, so then I, I, I pick her up tomorrow from the airport, and then just a few days after that, on Tuesday, she and I are flying to London, and um, we're going to spend a couple weeks with Leif Hetland, his ministry, and um, just in case you don't know who Leif is, I know all of you who are regular, you know Leif well, because he's been here several times, he's coming actually here the first weekend in December, but Leif is a total father love guy, and... um, and so we get to be part of a, a small ministry team that's going to travel around with him in England, and we're also going to Scotland. So, um, so we will be gone for a couple of weeks. But um, every time that I go uh, places, I feel such confidence in my heart because of all the people, um, the leaders, the elders, pastors, others, leaders who who have so captured the essence of the grace, love message that. It just flows and flows, you know, so I'm super grateful about that. Um, let me see. Oh, and one other thing, this is kind of before I get going here. I, I wanted to um, ask if two weeks ago uh, when Steve McCree was preaching, he's uh, my friend who was preaching in the wheelchair because God is still raising him up, which is going to happen. Um and uh, I know that many of you were deeply impacted, um, and, and some of you waited an hour and a half or so for a touch and a word from Steve as he was going back and forth. And I heard the next day, Suzanne and I, the very next day when we had the church picnic, Suzanne and I were pretty late that day, and so I heard there were all kinds of stories about ways people were touched that night, but I didn't hear a lot of them. And I'm just curious, um, if if you were touched in in some significant way if you receive some kind of healing um specifically and it doesn't have to always be physical healing it it could be in fact you know all healing's amazing but even it, it just may be that that hope was restored or something um i'm wondering if you could let chris know chris headland and who's waving her hands there um at the end of worship tonight she's gonna be up here by the piano and Chris is our um, healing testimony historian. Um, and she is writing, she's got this journal, and we have more and more stories of people who are being healed, and it's her, it's her stated desire, and I'm joining with her, that that book gets so filled up that we start book number two, and then we start having a whole library full. So um, 
Because honestly, this is about God getting the glory. And, and um, we've seen hundreds, if not thousands, of miracles over the 14 years of Blazing Fire's life. And uh, we just thought it'd be so much more fun if we actually kept track of it and were able to, th- I don't know, thank God more pro- profusely, have more evidence of what he's doing. So please, don't be bashful. And, and don't be thinking, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just this. If he healed you, talk to her, okay, in any way, shape, or form. Awesome. So um, last week, um, actually, before I go there, I'm just feeling kind of prompted to stop and pray. So let's do that. Lord, thank you for your sweet, sweet presence that heals, that gives hope, that restores that gives life. Ah, Your presence, Lord. It's what we want. It's what we need. I'm asking, God, this is my prayer, and and I invite others to join me just for more and more passion. More and more passion. God, that we would be more and more passionate in our, in our love with you. More and more passionate for, uh, for encounters daily with you. Relationally. Um, more and more passion, God. Because I think sometimes the, the, the world just kind of starts draining us after a while and sometimes we forget, uh, the passion that's there in our heart. It's in there. But I'm saying, God, let it rise up again. The passion within us rise up again. We are not, born to just live, go day to day and um, get bored with our existence. That was never your plan. So let the passion rise up in us again. And Holy Spirit, we are giving you permission to touch our hearts deeply tonight. Deeply, deeply. In Jesus' name, amen. So I heard, I don't see her tonight, I don't see Sarah, but I heard... uh, Oh, where? Hi, Sarah. I heard Sarah rock the house last Saturday. And because I heard such, such things about Sarah, that's Sarah Yang, I didn't say her last name. Because she preached last week here. And, uh, I was away at the men's retreat that I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but, um, I got to listen yesterday to Sarah's message. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. So um, I think you all know this, but the podcasts are available. Uh, it's blazingfire.org. You can go right on there. On our homepage, there's, a, there's a, a link right there you can click on, and there's Sarah's message. I strongly encourage you to listen to it, especially this may not be anybody in this room, but if you've been discouraged, if you're wondering if your life is really matters, if you're... If you're struggling like because you don't feel like you're far enough along or um, you're not doing enough, um, Sarah brought some real truth to that and, and also was just super real about her own life. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Um, and while, while you all were here, some of you were here, there was about 25 of us that were at a men's retreat last weekend. And uh, that was special. That was our, our first our first men's retreat since Blazing Fire has been in existence. And uh, partly we were just it was it came out of jealousy because of the women's retreat. <laughs> yeah, I heard the women all had such a good time away from us. 
So he said, well, then we're going to do it too. So I want to publicly thank you to Russ Folkler, who did a fantastic job. It was Pastor Russ's, Pastor Russ was carrying the torch for it and uh, made it happen and it was phenomenal. And the theme really was about, was about God in the midst of our stories, telling our own story and seeing God's faithfulness in it. And one of the things that Russ had us do, um, the, the second day we were there is we got in groups of four or five. We, we had our own, you know, team that we stayed together with and got, went deep with. And uh, we each had about 15, 20 minutes to share our story, to share a part of our story that was significant to us, where we really saw God, you know, in the midst of it. And our, our group of four, I mean, people were going so deep. For starters, I was, I was just shocked at how deep, how much safety people felt that they could speak so freely, so deeply. And um, a- after the four of us shared... Um, we started to pray and I felt, I, I started to, I was crying because I felt so much of the tenderness of the Lord, his faithfulness through these stories. And I, and here was the other thing I realized in a group like this, you know, we all come together and we don't even know really who we're sitting around, the stories they've been through, the goodness of God in their lives. But, but everybody in this room, you've been through some tough stuff in your life. Everyone. And God has brought you through it faithfully. And um, so one of the, one of the uh, people who was in my group um, is someone I've known for a while. His name is Babu, Hari Babu. And um, great guy. He's here tonight. And I, uh, his story so gripped me and moved me. I said, I said, we need to hear, you guys need to hear this story. So um, I asked him if he would come and share. And he said, yes, he would. So would you welcome... Babu, come on up. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. And I'm really happy to stand among you and now before you. And I praise and thank God for this wonderful opportunity. Before I start, I would like to have a word of prayer. Lord, I praise you and thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Cover me and make my testimony a blessing to everybody who's seated here. Let it strengthen them. Let it empower them. Let it bring hope and joy and reason in their life. That you are with us and you have never forgotten us and you never leave us nor forsake us. You are with us and you will be with us till the very end. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. And before I start, I would like to, I mean, uh, thank Pastor Brent, Pastor Russ, and Pastor Todd for, uh, I mean, having this men's retreat. And after a long time, I did that, and it was a wonderful blessing. It was a great blessing to me. And everybody who came there, I, I got the opportunity to talk with them, move with them. And love was not superficial. It was really practiced there. And that is the big takeaway for me. Love is real. In Blazing Fire, I see that love is really real. So thank God for that. Praise God. I would like to put it in four sections, my story, the beginning part. Psalm 23.1, the Lord is my shepherd. And somebody said, that is all I want. 
Ye do, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isaiah 43, 1 says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God. As you all can make out that I am from the land of India. And when you say India, people think of a land of poverty, idolatry, and off late call century. There's a lot of call centers, right? So that's what people think of. <laughs> right? But even though it is considered that kind of a country, you know what? God has not forgotten India. God has not given up on India. Number one is, in Bible, in Esther, thousands of years back, in Esther, first chapter, first, one, first verse, India is mentioned there. So God has already remembered us, and he's got, got us in the Bible. Number two point is, I don't know how many of you know this, God sent one of his own disciples, Jesus' disciples, Thomas, came to India 2,000 years back. And I think probably because of that, the word of God spread in, G- in India, especially the southern part of India. And Thomas died as a martyr in India. That's how gospel kind of grew uh, in India. The other third reason which I think is because India was ruled by the British, pretty much any educational institute or any, anything is all mostly Christian-based. And uh, there starts my uh, life... Uh, my mom, I was born to wonderful parents, loving parents who took care of us. And mom and dad loved each other. It was a wonderful, blessed family I was born to. And my mom was a teacher. So because of she was a teacher, naturally, I mean, you get to know about, hear the gospel. Somehow or other, you will hear the gospel of Christ. And she accepted Christ. And my mom takes, this is after I was born and after a couple of years into the marriage. And my mom shares the gospel to my dad, and he receive, easily receives the gospel too. And uh, here, a, a Christian family is birthed. And I remember when I was a kid, we used to have family prayer in our family, and it was heavenly even during that time. And it was a wonderful experience. But I have also had the experience of being a Hindu before we became Christians. We accepted Christ. I do have that experience, and then, then we have our Christians and a wonderful family and uh, wonderful Christian experiences. We go to church. There was prayer in the home, Bible reading in the home. Everything was heavenly and blessed. It all went on like that. But I was not very serious about Christianity, nor did I give any interest to this particular thing. Of course, I was born in a, uh, I was going to a Christian school. So around the seventh grade or so, when I was in my seventh grade, I felt sick to the point of death. 
and i know that i am going to be dying because uh, when i was young I, at that particular age they had given me two shots uh, which is very they say the doctors are afraid to give their child it's called the adrenaline injection i don't know how many of you know about that but they don't give the adrenaline shot to kids usually and in that particular time i had taken two adrenaline shots in a matter of 12 hours and i did not become good still and the situation was getting bad and almost in another 4 hours after my last shard it was getting very bad doctors cannot do anything medicine cannot do anything and i know that i was breathing my last breath and any time i might die with the fear of death with me gripping me there were tears flowing my mom had gone to the teacher gone gone to the school dad gone to the office nobody around me and i knew that i was going to die in few minutes because if they take me to the hospital no doctor in the world who is going to give me another adrenaline inj- shot because if they give me they say that the heart will burst so within 24 hours there nobody is going to give me three adrenaline shots so i know that this is not going to happen that is the time i became i thought about jesus i said i have heard about you jesus they say that you are a living god they say that you heal if you are real if you are able to heal if you heal me right now i will accept you as my personal savior and god and i will be true to you till the end of my life when i said that prayer or statement whatever you call there was i didn't see any light in the room i didn't see jesus showing up but at the end of that last word my sickness was healed right there praise god nobody had to preach a gospel to me or it was definitely not an accident it was an incident i know jesus is real i know jesus lives i knew jesus was there for me and he healed me right there so that's when my actual christian life started off and everything was fine we were christians i mean everything was going on now i also believe in jesus christ took it seriously started to pray properly and do all those things it went on well for probably another one more year at that particular point of time something bad happened in the sense my father got acquainted with some uh, our old hindu friends and even before that i mean because our family got into christianity and accepted christ we were kept aside from our caste and our religion the relatives treated my parents pretty bad to the extent when my father is walking on the streets and another relative is walking in front of him they used to degrade him they used to ill treat him and they even used to spit on the floor on the ground i mean it, it was pretty bad they they almost put us aside in our caste and our religion our parents already went through that particular part and now somehow or other because they were away from for a long time there was a death at a very close quarters in one of our friends relative circle even in the bible it is written right it is it is good to go to a funeral home rather than to attend the wedding in proverbs so for that particular reason my father went to that particular funeral and that's how he got acquainted with the hindu relatives once again and that bondage became so strong for some reason they were starting to ask him all kind of questions and he started to go to the, stopped going to the church that is when 
he started to backslide he started to backslide and slowly the prayer stopped the bible reading stopped going to church stopped everything stopped backsliding doesn't come all of a sudden overnight it's a period so i think somewhere around the ninth grade i think when i was in my ninth grade one day when uh, my mom was calling everybody for prayer it kind of blew and blast blasted off in my home it was like almost like a volcano erupt, erupting in india christian families have bible verses all around their homes even in churches they have uh, bible verses all over. the verses which is in uh, glass wooden frames thin metal frames they have bible verses when it kind of uh, when my uh, i kind of erupted in my home on that particular day my father took all these wooden frame glass frames from the walls and he just literally broke that in his hand on his feet and these glass pieces poking his hand and stuff like that i mean blood everywhere it was pretty terrible in our homes and he started to beat my mom and dad and me, everybody uh, my, my me, me and everybody in the home and there was blood all over that was a beginning of a different life in our home no more jesus no more bible no more Christ, no more prayer no more church if anybody talks about jesus it will be hell on earth that is how our life completely got transformed he went out and he brought uh, idols into the home and he created a small puja room a shrine in the home and kept the idols in that particular place every saturday you have to bow before those idols and if you don't bow it was brutal no mercy it it was he was ruthless he was brutal a loving father completely turning into a different person i'm uh, all i can think of the verse that bar david says right in second samuel verse uh, chapter 24 verse 14 samuel's uh, king david says it is better to fall in the hands of god rather in the hands of man because with god there is mercy i mean in our case even with our own father we did not have any mercy and it was brutal he had a big rod and thank god it did not hit our heads if not probably i mean our skulls would have been broken every saturday it was brutal everybody will get hit because we have to bow down so things went on like that for some time and i think i mean i grew up and uh it was tough life and uh, time came after i grew up education all those things are over and it's time for my marriage now and my pa- in india you know it's pretty much arranged marriage so uh, my parents got to me and they started the conversation and i told them very clearly i want to if i get married i want to get married to a person who's a christian who believes in jesus christ and as soon as he, my father heard that part the anger kind of rose in him so strong i mean he started to beat everybody he said you have to deny jesus right now no more talking about jesus right now after this and he even pulled out a machete in our home and said i'm going to kill everybody right now and he was just i mean swinging it and the machete almost came to this close to me on that particular day praise and thank god i am still alive i don't know what happened how it all stopped i mean there was blood everywhere that was a very 
tough day in our life, in our home. I said, marriage is, I kind of gave up on marriage. No more marriage. I cannot think of marriage. Marriage is not for me. Thank God, immediately within a couple of days, I had the opportunity to come to America. I got, got a job over here. I went on. And I was relieved, but my mom was not relieved. So she could not escape all the persecutions. And I worked here for one year, went back home uh, for vacation. With one and only reason is I wanted to bring my mom back to this country so that even she can escape that persecution which my father is tormenting her and persecuting her. But God had different plans when I went back to India for vacation. And uh, my mom, through her connections, has looked out for a girl. And she wanted to see her, me, me to see her. So everything arranged, and my mom took me to see this particular girl. And if I get married, I had only two questions in my mind to ask the girl whom I'm going to get married. One is, has this person have a personal relationship with Christ, or does this person know Jesus Christ and has committed to the Lord in waters of baptism, number one. Number two, this person should have tasted God and have, must be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those are my two requests. That's it. I went with my mom to this room. The girl is seated there. And I asked my first question. Have you known Jesus Christ? Do you love in Jesus Christ? Have you taken the bapt baptism? Obeyed the Lord in baptism? This girl said yes. And I didn't know. I remembered. But I still did not ask the second question. If I had asked that second question. I would not have been married. But somehow. God stopped me asking that particular question. And they decided that the, I met my wife that particular day on 28th of a month. And the marriage was arranged for the 28th of the next month. We have one month in between. And I, now somebody has to build a cat. I go to my father. I have to show the picture of the girl whom I am I'm going to get married. And this picture which I have with me, and this girl does not have the mark in the forehead, which all Hindu girls in India have. If a person does, if a girl does not have this mark on the forehead right here, it means that girl is either a Muslim or a Christian. And I know, my dad knows that I will not go for a Muslim girl, but I would want to go for a Christian girl. So this picture is very obvious. If I show this picture to him, one year back, there was hell just broke loose in my home. If I show this picture to him right now, what would happen? So there is fear in me. I told my friends, please pray for me. Literally, the time when I was showing the picture to my father, a couple of my friends were on, the, were on their knees praying for me. And when I showed this picture to my dad during that time, it was as though he was out of his senses. He did not get it or he saw the picture, but his tongue was tied. And all he could say is, go ahead. Praise and thank God. <laughs> prayer is powerful. Prayer works. And prayer is victorious. And after some time, I think it's what was almost a couple of hours or the next day, he came back to his senses. And he realized this girl whom he's going to get married is definitely a Christian. 
And once again, I mean, the next 20, 30 days or something, it was a very tough time. And he was a bold guy. I mean, so, uh, I mean, but there were a lot of fastings and prayers in that 20, 30 days, 30 days. And um, God was with us. God saw us through. And the marriage day comes. And I wanted pastors to do my prayer, to do my wedding. Which pastor will come forward to do my wedding? No pastor will come forward because it has, it, my setup, my requirement is completely different. So one pastor came forward and said, I will come in to the wedding hall as a register who can sign the forms, the book, and all those things. Usually most pastors in India, at least the faith in which I, I go to, are white on white. He said, I will come in color dress that day as though I am the register who conducts the wedding. So he came there. And three, it's like a movie. It's like, you know, I mean, the first scene, screen opens. There are three pastors. My friends made arrangement that, that there were three pastors on the stage. And we had praise and worship. Heaven was open. The presence of came down. It was so wonderful. Scene closes. The next screen, screen opens. The next day a scene comes on. All these pastors who are white and white, they change to color dresses. They are pretending as though they are like the registrars with a wedding book where the people have to sign, standing on the stage. First scene, my parents were not there. The second scene, my parents are there. All these people behave like registrars, and they sign the book, and I'm, I get married. So it was literally like a movie going on from scene to scene. Things, things were happening. And I get married, and I come over here. Praise and thank God for everything that had happened. I don't know this girl. I haven't met this girl. I just met her on 28th of one month. The next month, 28th, I get married and I come here immediately to yours. So this question was always there in my mind. Lord, am I the right person for this girl? Is she the right person for me in my life? I was asking God in my prayer time. And after we came here within a few days... Almost 15 people, including me and my wife, we went to this mini golf. And I, any, any game you give me, I kind of at least know to play this game fairly. But that particular day, any shot which I was trying in this mini golf, nothing worked out. But in every the mini golf hole which we were playing, it so happened we were keeping up the points. 15 people, every hole we were playing. In every part, my wife scored well. <laughs> the last, all that doesn't matter. The last one is the one that matters, right? If you win the last one, you get an extra game, a free game. You can come back. <laughs> Everybody went for that last shot and nobody got it. Even my wife failed. I go as the last person and the bell goes alarm. I mean, you know the mini golf, it goes on. And I get that particular shot and I made it was God speaking to me. All the time when you miss, she gets it. She got, gets that covered. When she misses it, you got it covered. Between the two of you, you guys have all the bases covered. I am with you. I made this marriage. I am the third card in your marriage I will be with you till the very end praise and thank God it has been a wonderful marriage got married to my wonderful wife and we have two children and 
I won't say life has been that easy. Yes, through all that we have come through, God has been good. God has been faithful. I just want to say this part. I can boldly say, when Jesus is with me, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. He has made me triumphant and blessed. Jesus loves us and wants the best for us. And he always blesses us. I am a blessed man. All glory, honor, praise be to my God's holy name. Thank you, David. And and go ahead, Puni, stay, stay standing. That's his beautiful bride there. And their daughter Diella in between them. What a beautiful family. I have, I have known them for a long time. They are sweet, uh, kind, gentle people. But in all the years that they've been here, I didn't know this story. You know, and I'm listening to this and just saying, wow, God is so amazing. And we all have our own stories, but, but he's in the midst of them. And, and then, the most amazing thing is he's weaving all of our stories together, you know, and it, so that we're all coming together and encouraging each other. So that, that, that picture actually was taken last week at when we were worshiping. So there, there's Babu, uh, you know, in the night sky, uh, Clint, Clint was leading worship for us and I, uh, just looked over and saw him and took the picture. So yeah, thank you, Babu. And, uh, Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So tonight, um, I'm going to do something a little bit different and, and, uh, I want to read, I want to read an entire chapter of, of one book of the Bible. Um, I don't know that we've done that. I can't remember doing that at least in a long, long time, but I got so gripped this last week with a particular version and um, for those of you who know me well, if you've been in the school of ministry and stuff, you know that there's one place I just keep going back to over and over and over again because I can't get enough of it. And every time a new version comes out, I wanna—I just want to take that version in. And so tonight, um, we're going to talk about the best news ever from Ephesians chapter 1 in the Passion Translation. Any of you getting a hold of the Passion Translation yet? Thank you, Marsha. Marsha got me going on it. She got me a copy of one a while back. And uh, so appreciate it. And it's one of those that's not fully done yet. So it's done in different sections. It's mostly New Testament, little the Psalms and some other things. But I want this is, to, this is what I want to do is I want to read this. I don't know how many of you at, at home... I want, to, I want to say this. Please do try this at home, okay? Do try this at home. Go home and, and get back into the scriptures. Um, a lot of times what happens is uh, we, we get so busy. We get, sometimes we get discouraged. We, we're, uh, we can be really upset and anxious. We can get depressed. And we aren't realizing the riches that are right here in front of us. God's given us everything to... to um, He's given us all things in Christ, which we're going to read about. But but the word opens it back up for us again. And um, I don't know 
any other place for me personally that does it as strongly, that encourages me as much as Ephesians 1. And uh, I, I try to read this as many places as I can. This is what I feel like we're doing here. We're going to, um, we're going to be, yeah, there's a, there's a, a smorgasbord that's going to be presented for us in, in this, in this chapter. I know this is a little dangerous because it's a Saturday night church. Y'all, it's been hours since you've eaten. Um, now all you're thinking about is food. Where are you going to go after the service, right? But some of you are going, well, I'm sorry, Brent, but I'm vegetarian. So, okay, here's yours. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> so, so this is what we're going to feast on right now. I, I am going to make some remarks along the way, but mostly I'm going to let, I'm going to let Paul preach. In fact, earlier I was, I don't know if you ever do this, but sometimes more and more in life, I've realized how connected we are to the saints that have gone before us. In uh, Hebrews 11, it even says that their story is not complete without ours. Um, they're one with Christ, we're one with Christ, which means we're already one with Christ with some of these saints who we haven't even met yet, such as Paul. And uh, just even in the middle of worship, I was just saying, wow, Paul, thanks for writing this. Thanks for being, for, for choosing to pour out your life. And, and thanks for writing it down. Um, and and I, just a word to all of you. So many of you, you've got so much riches inside of you. Look for ways to get it out there. It doesn't have to be written. Maybe for some of you it's songs. Maybe it's just telling your story. But you've got something inside of you. And you gotta, you've got to keep finding ways to get it out there. Because every time you do, you're blessing people around you. You're helping them. So we're going to take a look at this. All right? And this is... I'm, we're going through the whole chapter. You ready? This is chapter 1 of Ephesians. Dear friends, my name is Paul. And I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus, the Messiah. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. Now, before I go on, that's my italics and my coloring of the letters. It's just certain things were gripping me. So I decided to put it down on paper that way as I showed it to you. You... He's saying right from the start, believers, you have been made holy through being one and with Christ. And one of the lies of the enemy is that we're not holy. That's not true. You've already been made holy by Christ. Let's keep going. He says, may God himself, the heavenly father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace over you. And impart total well-being into your lives. That's that word shalom. And in English it says peace. But shalom is so much bigger than the word peace that we use in English. So total well-being is much more accurate. May God give you grace and total well-being in your lives. I'm praying that for you right now. Everything heaven contains has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father. I'm not sure you heard that. I know someone heard it. Someone heard that. I'm going to say this again. Everything heaven contains 
has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father. (laughs) The Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. It is so important. When the enemy lies to us, or when we're even feeding our own lies to ourselves. It's because we've forgotten how the Father sees us. If we could just go back and capture again, Papa, Daddy, how do you see me again? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, you're delighted in me. You see me. You love me. I'm wrapped into Christ. So um, this is how he sees us. You're going to see again in another verse how he sees us. And, and he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundations of the universe. Any of you who are wondering, I just don't know where I am with God. I don't know. You know, I, I've kind of blown it lately. Maybe he's just tired of me, fed up. Can I just tell you something? Can I share with you the exceptionally good news? You're one with him because he chose you and he never waited for you to get your act together. Romans 5 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He knows exactly what we're made of. And he said, I want you. I must have you. You're mine. And I made this decision before I created any of this. You're going to see this theme over and over again in this chapter. All of this was decided long before you were around, even to give your vote, you know, even to say, well, I think I agree or don't agree. He says, oh, I'm sorry. That's not even on the table. I chose you. You are mine. Because of his great love, because of his great love, he ordained us. That means he set us apart as one with Christ from the beginning so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Please take this in. Please understand something. What we're reading right now, you're, this is you. You're not exempt from this. We're not talking about everybody except you. You have got to see yourself in this story. At some point, the, and, and Holy Spirit, turn on the lights, turn on the lights, turn on the lights. That's coming later in this chapter, but do it now. Turn on the lights, turn on the lights, turn on the lights in our heart. It, it is time that we as the bride get so excited with who we already are, with what he has already done, that we become, we walk into the beauty, the brilliance, the extravagance of who we already are and who he says we are. Hear it again. This is what, what does the father see? He sees you as holy. He sees you with an unstained innocence. Can, can you just agree with that for yourself? Can you say that? The father, you see me. Just say that. Father, you see me with an unstained innocence. It's time you believe this. The lie is that 
Oh, well, he only sees you that way on the particular moments in your life when you're not doing anything wrong. That's not the gospel. Plain and simple, that's not the gospel. The gospel is you were signed, sealed, and delivered before you were, before you even got here. God called you before you got here. And he's already made you holy through Jesus. And I'm telling you by accepting the whole the, the the absolute miracle of the gospel, there's only one way that you get in on of it on it, and that is that you believe it, that you believe it's already done, that Jesus did it all. We hear those words, but then we go back into legalism, which is, well, I don't think I deserved it today. Well, that's great, but that has nothing to do with the gospel. You never deserved it. That's the point. He already chose you. But I'm telling you, the more that you take it in, wow, 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 what? Unstained innocence, what? See, you've got to get astounded by this. It's just, this is exceptionally good news. And it's for you. And I'm telling you, if there's some, if, if you're not feeling really happy inside, there's something, there's a, there's a block somewhere. Cause this ought to be making you feel really, really good right now. But I want to tell you this, the block is not on God's side because he's already gone a hundred percent of the way. And so the block is, is our own uh, refusal to believe at times. It's the enemy lying to us, but he's already taking care of that too. See, he's never giving up. Remember Babu already read from uh, the 23rd Psalm that his, his love and his mercy, they chase you down every day of your life. How did you come to accept Jesus? Was it because you just woke up one day and said, you know, I'm pretty smart. I think Jesus really is my savior. No, no, no. He, he won you over. He, when you felt like nothing, when you felt like a failure, when you knew that you were a, a mess, he says, I chose you. I want you. You're mine. And something started gripping you. See, it's his love that came and got you and you responded to it. Ah, so good, so good, so good. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us, to establish us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one. I'm going to come back to the second part. Adopt us. You've heard me say this. If you've been around, you've heard me say this, but you just got to hear it again. That adoption, the way that it was designed back in the day when this was written, it means that you receive all of the inheritance of the firstborn. It means you get everything. It was. It's not like, well, I didn't really. Uh, maybe I'll adopt you because I forgot. Um, you know, I forgot that I wanted you, but now I want to adopt you. No, you were adopted before the foundation of the earth. But adoption means you get all of the rights of the firstborn. And and Colossians. The book of Colossians chapter 1 says says that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. That means everything that belongs to Jesus is now yours. It's your inheritance. So that, second part, so that his tremendous grace that cascades over us would bring him the glory. What's grace? Grace is, 
is, is God doing everything for you that you cannot do. Grace is, uh, I choose you no matter what. Grace is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be for you and in your camp and working good in your life every single day because I want to. Not because you deserve it. Because it's my heart for you. It's what I love to do. That grace cascades over you to give Him the glory. In other words, it makes Him really happy when He blesses you. That's it. See, we're way overthinking this thing. It brings him tremendous joy to be good to you. And, and Babu's story earlier about his father. Un- unfortunately, there are way too many stories out there. Many of you have lived them. Fathers, mothers, others in authority who should have loved you in a certain way. And you were born lovable. Did you know that? You were born lovable. You were born easy to love. So where was the disconnect? What's the problem? Oh yeah, we have an enemy who's destroying lives and, and causes people not to be their real selves. So some of those people who didn't know who they really were were trying to parent you and didn't know how to love you. I'm not making excuses for it. I'm just telling you what happens. But here's the thing. Jesus' love and the Father's love and the love of the Holy Spirit for you, He breaks into your heart so that the cycle doesn't have to be repeated. There's only one way out of this cycle. The, the abuse cycle, the, uh, you know, all the, those, those bad cycles. Cause, cause we can say, oh, you know, I, how many people have been abused and they say, I will never be like that to my kids. And then they, with horror, they find themselves doing the same thing. Because it's what, because they're damaged, because they didn't get loved, so they don't know how to love. The, the only one who can break that cycle is Jesus. And as you allow him to love you, you are going to be, be the cycle breaker. You're the, going to be the one where it goes no further. And check this out. So the same love, the last two lines, for the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. I'm not sure you got that one. The very same love the Father has for His beloved one, Jesus, is the very same love He has for us. There is no difference whatsoever. He doesn't look at Jesus and go, wow, this is my beloved son. This is the one in whom I'm so pleased. You, you're pretty good too, but wow, look at my beloved son. No, that's not what He says. He looks at every single one of you and says, wow, Look at my beloved son. Look at my beloved daughter. You're the one I love. With the same love that I love my son Jesus. That's our dad. He does have favorites. And that would be all y'all. You get that? Every single one of you. Your daddy's favorite. Every one of you. Now, I was hoping to have Paul share, so I'm going to have him, Paul, uh, him share another time. It turns out he's gone this weekend. He's a teacher. He's given the love of Jesus away to his, you know, in a, in a, in a public school system, um, and he's off on a retreat. Lord, give him grace. He's on a retreat with his, with his uh, students. But um, I just want to share this with you because it was so, so cute. Um, he was sharing uh, with me a couple days back that um, someone had come to him and, and said, so I'm sorry, real quick, this is Paul and Rhonda, and then Freedom is, is their child in the middle. And usually they're right here, and Freedom's waving some flag up here, right? Okay. 
And so um, Paul says that recently someone came up to him and said, oh, your freedom's dead, right? You know, freedom's only what, two, three maybe? Already, he's freedom's dead. And, and Paul said something happened to him though, something in his heart. He's like, you know, I had a lot to do with this amazing young man being here and I'm pretty good with being called freedom's dad. I kind of like that. Can I tell you something? Your father in heaven is really good that people would know him as your, as him, as your, your father. That you're, that, that he's, oh yeah, that, you know what? The father, he, he, that's, that's Joel's dad. Oh yeah. That's Larry's dad. That's Donna's dad. We could go all the, and he's really good with that. Do you understand that? He's like, I love it when they say that. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he's identified with you. That's how much he, he likes being associated with you. He says, you know what? I had an awful lot to do with them being here. Everything. And I had a lot to do with where they are in life. He likes being called your dad. Isn't that awesome? Since we are now... Okay, a lot of the reason for my italicized words is several years back, something clicked in me because I had read these scriptures a lot before. I, when I was a younger Christian, I read Ephesians I, many times and it, it seemed like a lot of big words at the time. I'm like, I think this is pretty good, but I don't really get it. And then along the way, and I know this is just a gift of the Spirit, it's that spirit of revelation. We start to get things. Our spirit starts to get things it didn't get before. And one of the things I got along the way is, is, is how we already have everything. So often, when if we don't realize this, we're reading the Scriptures thinking that everything's still coming one day without realizing we have everything. The only thing is, is we're catching up to agreeing with what's already ours. That's the catch-up phase. Not that we don't have it, but that we're enjoying what's already ours. It takes a process, and the Holy Spirit is helping us. So that's why these italicized words, since we are now joined to Christ, not that you will be, but since we already are joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of salvation by His blood, the total cancellation of our sins. Come on! Come on. The total cancellation of our sins. The Father says by His own words, by His own choice, I choose not to remember. It's my choice. I can do what I want. I choose not to remember your sins. That's awesome. That's why Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. None. We're the ones that condemn ourselves. And God says, you know what? I'm not in that. I'm not in that when you condemn yourself. That's not me. All because of the cascading riches of his grace. I've been to the Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. Wow. I was most amazed at the top of the falls because of the volume of water going over that thing every second. It's, it's mind-boggling how there could be that much water stored upstream that keeps flowing 365 days of the year. I don't get it. Like, wow. 
and then, and then the massive, you know, the cascading. This is his grace. It's overwhelming. It's not stopping. There's no end to it. It's his choice. It's moving over your life at, at remarkable volumes all the time. He says, it's me. I'm doing it. I love you. I'm for you. I want you right now. Holy Spirit, help us to get this. I want you to get into a receiving mode for right now. Just get into his receiving mode for a moment. And it's okay if you look up at the screen because we're going to allow the Holy Spirit, the grace to cascade over you. Holy Spirit, come. Just feel, crank up the sound even more. Let His grace wash over you. Are you getting it yet? Are you getting how real this is? This is God's choice. It's his doing. It's not going away. And it's all for you. This super abundant grace is already powerfully working in us and flooding into every part of our being, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the anointed one, Jesus, he unveiled his secret desires to us. The father has unveiled his secret desires the hidden mystery of his long-range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. And this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all of the ages finally reaches its climax when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. I just, I just taught the last class of my series on Tuesday night and my, the title was God is in a good mood and his kingdom is always expanding. And I'm telling you, no matter what point in history, whatever it is that the world is afraid of right now, and let me tell you, there's some world powers that are making people really nervous, right? I've, okay, I'm just, I'm 50 plus years, 52 years old, right? Can I tell you, I've been through this more times than I can count. When I was a little boy, it was Russia. Uh, Can I just go through the decades with you? North Korea was a big one for a while. I'm not saying that that there aren't bad things happening. 
that people are not being persecuted as we heard, but I'm not saying that. What I am saying is the kingdom is expanding and expanding. And through every period of time, God's plan is reigning supreme. He knows what he's doing. Light is winning. There is no question. There's, there's already a billion Christians and the rate is growing so fast at the, at the moment that, that within about 17 years, we're going to run out of people to save. I'm telling you, that's the rate it's going right now. I'm, God's not into st- statistics. I'm not saying that's the year everyone's going to be saved. I'm just saying that's where it's trending, just so you know. And if you think about, we talked about the glory of God, and we're going to see as this, as this chapter ends. When we talk about the glory of God expanding through the earth, do you know how it's expanding? Through you through you, through a million points of light, because he gives a piece of his glory to every single one who says yes to him. Born again. There you go. There's another point of light. Those billion points of light will become two billion, will become four billion. Do you see how this is going? Light is winning. His plan is always going to come to fulfillment. This is why. This is why God selected and ordained us to be his own inheritance. Can you say, I am God's inheritance? Can you say that like you mean it? I'm God's inheritance. Oh my goodness. You are his inheritance. What does, what does God need? He doesn't need anything. He has everything. Oh, you are, you are what he wants. You are his inheritance. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. God's purpose was that we Jews, this is Paul speaking because he was a Jew, we Jews who were the first to long for the messianic hope would be the first to believe in him, in Christ, and bring great praise and glory to God. And you who are not Jewish also heard the revelation of truth, the wonderful news of salvation, and through him faith rose up in your hearts so that you also believe in Jesus. Now, oh, this is good, the Holy Spirit has stamped and sealed every single one of us, guaranteeing the rights of our covenant. What's that covenant? I'm in this for your best. I'm in this for your best. I want to love you. I want to bless you because I want to bless you. And I'm God, so I get to bless you. That's the covenant. And the Holy Spirit guarantees it, that you belong to him. Check this out. Holy Spirit is given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride. As the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance for all who have been made alive in Christ. This hope promise seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. You want to talk about a brilliant plan? He says, this is my plan. And just so that it isn't left to chance, I'm going to put myself, my own spirit, right inside of you, guaranteeing it's going to happen. Phenomenal. Because of this, since I first heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your tender love toward all of his devoted ones, I have never stopped interceding for you. Paul's got such a huge heart. 
My heart is full of thanks to God for you. And I pray continually that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would unveil in you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation through your deepening intimacy with him. So in other words, if we're just trying to get a quick fix, you know what, I'm not feeling so good, maybe I'll go to church. Can I tell you, there's so much more than that. It's, it, every, this is all about intimacy with him. This is where, this is where the wisdom, the revelation, it's because we want to spend time with him. And he meets us in those places. I want you, we're going to do this. This is that very famous passage part of the, the, we're getting towards the end of the chapter where he's praying. He's praying this prayer. Have you ever sometimes been a a little nervous to pray because you're not sure, you know, is this really what God wants? Is this God's will? Can I tell you when you pray scripture, you're, you know what? You're probably batting a hundred, you know, batting a thousand, batting a thousand, not a hundred, not one out of 10. You're batting a thousand. And, um, and so we're going to pray this. So this is what I want us to do. Um, don't get nervous. This is all going to be really good. I, you're going to pray for, for a person next to you. Okay. And if you, if there's not someone right next to you, then scoot over a chair or two and pray, get in twos. But, but this is going to be really simple. This is not a, this is not a big deal. I'm going to have first one of you is going to pray and you're like, well, what do I pray? I don't know if I know how to pray. You're going to pray exactly what's on this screen. Exactly. You're going to say, I pray that the father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would unveil in you the riches. Do you see what I mean? You're just going to, you're just going to pray that. And that's all I want you to do. Like that should take about 10 seconds or so. And then the other person's going to pray the exact same thing back at you. And we're going to do this over several screens, several parts of this prayer. And, and you watch what's going to happen. The room's going to start going like this because we're agreeing with God's heart. So don't get nervous. Find someone. If you don't have someone right next to you, just scoot over a couple of chairs. Just real quick. Make sure you know their name. Just say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Okay. Now, here we go. Here we go. The person, um, the person who's on, um, my left, your right, is gonna be the one to start. You're gonna start, I pray that the Father of Glory, that's line three, and you're gonna start right there. And you're gonna pray for him. One of you do it, as soon as they're done, the other person pray it back to him. Go ahead, go. Pray it over yourself then, Archie. Okay, here we go. Did you all get it both ways? Everyone do it? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Ten more seconds. Okay, here we go. Next one. This shouldn't take long because all you're doing is praying what's on here. I'm going to say it first and then I'm going to have you do it. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of our great hope of glory. And uh, we know this is the reason he called us to, uh, called you to himself. Don't worry about that last line. Just end at the word glory. 
All right, scene one. Person on your right, start right now. Pray it over him. And then pray it back. If you're the second one, pray it back over him. Okay. Yeah, are you feeling this yet? I, I am. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. And I pray that you explore and experience for yourself all of the riches of this wealth that has been freely given to all his holy ones for you are his true inheritance. Go ahead. Start. Start. All right, we got one more. <clears throat> Remember, this is all in the Bible. We're just reading the Bible. We're praying the Bible over each other. Check this out. This is the last prayer here. My prayer for you is that every moment you will experience the measureless power of God made available to you through faith. Then your life will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. Pray it over each other. Make sure to pray it back over your partner. Here we go. Here's the last one. Uh, this is not the last one. That was the last one. This is the ending. You ready for the, this crash, bang, amazing ending? Here we go. This is the explosive and mighty resurrection power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted higher than all the thrones and principalities, above every ruler and authority, above every realm of power there is. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, this is the kicker, this is amazing, we, his church, 
are his body on the earth and the completion of him. We complete him on the earth. That's what it says. The completion of him that fills all things with his presence flowing through us. Wow. Hallelujah. (laughs) Wow. And thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. See, this right here, this is a demonstration of the kingdom. This is the kingdom in its essence, is that we get so filled up with all the truth of the good things that are, that are already given as gifts that we get super excited and it just explodes outward and we just did it. That's the kingdom. That's it. So when we get discouraged, it's because we need to have another, we need to just sit up that banquet table again because we've forgotten all the food that's laid out in front of us. We've forgotten how good it is. So, and, and I, I want to encourage you, this is another encouragement again, to go home and read, read scripture. Read, read the places that are going to fill you up and feed you. You just got a main course in one chapter of scripture, like more than you know what to do with. Right? I mean, that was almost force feeding right there. <laughs> there was, there was so much in there. So thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you. And I thank you that, Lord, it's not only that you did everything for us because you want us, but you included us in everything. And you not only included us in all the, all the, all that we received, but you included us in the giving out. You said, I want you to be part of this. This is a father-son, father-daughter business. I want you, I want you to represent me well. But I thank you, God, that representing you is never about, um, performance. It's never about doing it right. It's not about how many stars did we get on our chart because we talked to somebody today. It is simply about being so filled up that we can't help ourselves. We just kind of spill out everywhere we go. And Jesus, that's exactly what you said would happen. You, when you were talking about the Holy Spirit, you said, you said, come to me. And you said, you're going to get so filled up that it's going to gush out of us. The living water will gush out of our bellies. That's what you said would happen, Jesus. So thank you. Jesus, you are our, our daily bread and everything that we need. Everything that we need. Thank you, Jesus.